Percy, what say you regarding finding renewed purpose in the midst of trials and hardships and difficulties? You know, Wayne, my dad once told me that you only really discover who you are under adversity and pressure. And I believe that to be true. Mm -hmm. And that's also going to be true with regard to the conversation that I think we need to have today. Let's talk about it as we continue to understand this dynamic. Our guest is a former Air Force serviceman who regained flight in a very different way after cancer tried to clip his wings. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. And welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. This is a conversation I've been looking forward to and a guest I've been looking forward to hearing from, Percy. Yeah, I was introduced to this young man, and um, he blew my doors off when we sat down and had our pre-conversation. He really did. And um, and, and I think that everyone is going to be really inspired to hear his path, his journey, and his disposition and attitude as he has had to work through some adversity and some difficult times with his cancer. We'll meet Brian Bowers on this edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Let's get started, though, by asking you a question. We, As you know, we're kind of inquisitive here on the program, aren't we, Percy? <laughs> we, we like to ask questions. So we do. Here's we our do. question for you this week. Have you ever found renewed purpose after being sidelined by a moment of adversity? Uh, I may have to type in a few answers myself to that question this week. So yeah. uh, if you'd like to answer the question, go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on connect and answer. Have you ever found renewed purpose after being sidelined by a moment of adversity? Mm. Percy, before we meet our guest, why don't you share some scripture with us? I'm going to read a very powerful verse of scripture, and I'm going to try to tie a principle into today's conversation. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read kind of in the middle of the verse of Scripture because it's so long for the sake of time. Starting at verse number 7, it says, Because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times, verse 8 says, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. I want to capture that thought and okay. that principle. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships and persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And boy, will this really apply to this conversation that we're going to have today. So don't miss the interview here in just a moment. But according to the National Cancer Institute, approximately 39% of men and women will be diagnosed with cancer at some point during their lifetime. Caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today. And to address this issue, we've developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. If you're a pastor or a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join a growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining is free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources. You'll receive information about ministry training opportunities and our informative monthly email newsletter. 
So, visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page there and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. Well, hey, 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 I'm back with another compelling conversation as always, Pastor P. And as you know, we talk about cancer on this platform. And I have another cancer patient with, uh, I think, a unique story. As I've often said, cancer patients uh, often have something to say. Uh, The problem historically has been, are there people willing to listen? And in this particular case, we know that there are. Thank you for subscribing to the show. We appreciate uh, your loyalty as you continue to subscribe and share with others uh, to kind of listen in and and learn and be encouraged uh, by the stories of encouragement and health, hope, and inspiration. And so with that being said today, uh, I have Mr. Brian Bowers, who is a retired Air Force uh, per served in the military. Uh, he is uh, the men's pastor at the Gathering Church in Surprise, Arizona. Uh, he has been diagnosed since 2017 uh, with stage four rectal cancer, now treating at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, still in active treatment and doing well by his own accounts. And today we're going to hear his story. So welcome to the show, Brian. How you doing, my friend? Oh, man, I'm doing amazing today. I uh, appreciate you having me on, Reverend Percy. This is cool. Well, uh, it's the reason why we do this, because we know that there are people uh, who are walking the journey. I've, I've been on this journey, as I've shared with this platform, and have amazing things to say. And we want to encourage the cancer community accordingly with those stories. And having said that, let's jump right into it, my friend. Um, as I said in the introduction, uh, you know, you've been diagnosed with stage four rectal cancer. And uh, you are still in active treatment. But let's go back to the day. I call it the day when you first were told that you had cancer. Uh, How did you feel when you heard the words you have cancer? Well, I'll tell you, just kind of leading up to that, uh, I was diagnosed in my early 40s. Ah. So statistically speaking, right, I'm not a candidate. Hmm. Uh, And um, and so I had some symptoms for about a year. And I would like to encourage people if you've had uh, pencil stools of any kind, you need to get in right away and have it going on off and on for about a year. And it was a bit confusing. I wasn't sure. So I just thought it was a polyp or something like that. I go to my primary caregiver and he's like, yeah, you're, you're probably just got a polyp. You're, you don't meet their, you know, I'm not a heavy meat eater. Mm. I'm not, I don't drink a lot of alcohol, right. I'm not overweight. I don't have diabetes, you know, all the kind of similar, all that kind of summation of factors that usually leads to colorectal cancer by, by, by lifestyle. I didn't have any of that. Right. And uh, so anyway, I had to get a full workup. And so I got a CT scan prior to going to my colonoscopy. Okay. And when we got to the colonoscopy, he pulled us in the office. Uh, my wife was with me and he said, uh, I, I see metastatic uh, legions in your liver. Hmm. And you know, it's kind of like at the, at first you're like metastatic. Okay. Wait a minute. Is this the benign or metastatic? Which mm. one's the one that kills me, you know? Mm. And, and we just were in a lot of shock and it's prior to going into the, to the colonoscopy. And of course, when I came out from the colonoscopy, you know, I asked my, as I was coming to, I asked my wife, you know, what did he say? And she said, I'll be right back. She's couldn't handle it. She wow. had to, had to go get a nurse and come back. And, and he's like, you know, we'll have to do biopsies, but I've done this a bunch. And I know for certain that you have, uh, you have cancer okay. and, and especially cause he was able to see the tumor, mm-hmm. which was like just a couple inches inside my, yeah. my anus. Yeah. And so at any rate, we left, we left there pretty much in shock. Yeah. You know, it was silent in our car ride the whole way home. We didn't know how to respond. It, you know, it's, 
my, uh, in fact, my wife used to read those Campbell soup, uh, uh, cancer for the soul or whatever those, yeah. those books are called, right? She had read a couple of those and it's like, it's something that happens to somebody else. Right. And we didn't, I don't have anybody in my family that, that really wrestled with cancer. So, you know, I was kind of removed from it until yeah. that happened. I was going to drive. I was going to yeah. ask, did you have any, any family history? So you, you answered that. So, yeah, no, there's some cancer in my family, but nothing that's historic to, and you know, like my gene workup and all that came back as negative. So we have no idea, you okay. know, where I got, where I got rectal cancer from, but I, you know, we came, we were living with my parents at the time because we had just moved to Arizona. I was, I was assigned here to Luke air force base and okay. I got diagnosed five weeks after moving here, which wow. is really, really hard. Cause we left our community in, in Hawaii where we were stationed. So we, we went from tropical to desert, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. and, and then I say deserts, you know, kind of like physically, right. Spiritually yeah. and all of that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of metaphoric. I was going to say so, in so many ways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So many morning ways. And my mom was home and I walked in and I, I just started crying because I, you know, I had to tell her the news and it's like, I'm sure no mom ever wants to hear their son. Yeah. Tell them. Yeah. Particularly as, yeah. and I think what's important with, with everything that you stated and, and so thank you so much for being, you know, willing to share kind of some of those raw emotions is the fact sure. that of your age. And, and I want to encourage everyone, particularly now with uh, colorectal cancer, they have now lowered the uh, age minimum requirements mm. of when one should at least uh, start having, uh, you know, a colonoscopy. Uh, it was, I think, 50. Then they dropped it down to 45. And the good news is, is that uh, people who are now starting to get those, um, you know, get those diagnostic workups, it's actually helping to di- diagnose cancer much early on, which obviously helps with yeah. the good fight. So with that being said, y- you know, you're told that you have cancer, you know, you're just freshly relocated with your family, you know, and boom, you, you get that dropped upon you. And as you said, you're, you're in the literal physical and, 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 and logistical desert at that point, trying yeah. to work your way through that. Um, what was, you know, you, you, you're, you're a person of faith, you know, you're a men's pastor at your local church. Uh, mm-hmm. did you ever, uh, question God or did you, get, did you get angry with God? Did you ever say, why me? I'm curious. I, and I always like to get, and people have very different reactions and I'm curious what yours was. Sure. I, I've been a pretty strong believer since probably my early twenties. Okay. I was discipled by a guy one-on-one and really gave me a foundation for Christianity and an understanding for God. Yeah. So I, I, I've not been mad at God. I have not questioned his existence. Okay, good. Um, but I, but I have, you know, I've kind of had to wrestle at times with like, you know, why is this happening yeah. to me? Yeah. And, and I think uh, like my mother-in-law, died of glioblastoma mm. at a young age in her fifties. Uh, it was really hard on, on my wife. And so, this, you know, now here's round two for her. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and she said, I don't, I don't ever ask why. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong here, but I think part of me asking why has helped me to understand spiritual healing that still needed to be done in my life. Okay. Okay. I like it. I, I like the whole because again, cancer is a shock, and no one is really prepared for that. I tell people probably the only person or a few people that was really prepared to hear that was someone like myself who had worked with a can with the cancer community like yeah. twenty years, and then I was told. So I've I've almost heard every story. I, you know, I've 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 supported people, hundreds, thousands of people, with various different types of cancer from all social 
geopolitical, you know, economic backgrounds. So when I heard that I had cancer, I was not shocked, nor was I surprised because Mm -hmm. I had been, you know, I had been inundated around the conversation. I just basically knew what next set of action steps to take. But most people do not have the benefit of that type of, you know, prep because they're that that's not part of their their space or their environment. So uh, it makes sense to me when, when I hear that. Um, what 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 did cancer or has cancer taught you anything about yourself, about the world around you, people, God? Has there been any kind of takeaways? You're still actively treating, and so you're still on your journey. But has there yeah. been any type of aha moments that you may have had at this point as you're moving <laughs> through this process? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. So I'll try to be brief in just a couple that that really stand out to me. Sure. Um, in the Air Force for the like the last 10 years of my time, we have done a lot of training in resiliency. Mm. And I always thought I was a very resilient person. And we use a model in the Air Force that looks like a like a Roman building that has four columns. And those four, four columns are uh, your physical side of you, the spiritual side of you, the social side of you, and uh, the mental side of you. Okay. And in order to be resilient, all of those pillars have to be shouldered up so that that roof doesn't collapse. Yeah, yeah. And and I always thought, okay, so probably you could be a little weak in one of those and not, and, you know, cancer attacks every one of those. Yeah, for sure. There's and no- uh, so I really wanted to be an example to the uh, people that were under my care. So I had a squadron of 550 people hmm. when I got assigned to Luke Air Force Base, and I wanted to model resiliency to them as I learned about being resilient. So I was in chemo every other week and still doing my job as probably like 90% full time. Yeah. And uh, cause I had to, you know, I had to go get chemo in that. So I had, I had to take, take some time, but uh, it, it taught me a lot about resiliency okay. and it has, it has deepened my understanding of our dependence on God mm. uh, in my faith. Right. Because when things start to go well, we like, I got, I got it. Right. I, I can handle it. And, and we tend to not depend on him as much. And uh, it, when you're, when you're shattered in your resiliency like that, it really challenges where, who are you going to depend on? Yeah. You know? And like I told you, we our we had to leave our community yep. in Hawaii. And so we're trying to rebuild that. Mm. We're trying to find a church, you know, we've got some family here. So God knew what he was doing when he sent us here. Uh, we, we believe in that. And so, uh, yeah, those are those are some of the, the highlights of the biggest pieces for me. Well, it's amazing. And I think it's just part of the human nature of, of man in general is that we can we can lose track of how much we really do need and depend upon God. And sometimes scenarios and situations uh, are allowed in our life uh, to remind us Absolutely. and bring us back to a foundation of our dependence upon God. And so um, I, I I love that takeaway at the end of the day uh, because it, it does. It reminds you that you're not in control. You're not in charge. You you mentioned that you're doing chemotherapy. So uh, was was that the totality of your, your medical uh, treatment? And we don't have to go into great detail about your clinical uh, experience. You know, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. But again, just want to get yes. a sense of what you were doing for your treatment, for your care. I've done a lot. So I'll kind of touch on the highlights. I'm, I'm probably like well over a hundred rounds of chemo Okay. at this point. Um, we started out with chemo to reduce the tumor size, in my rectum, which was like the size of a golf ball. Okay. The, uh, 
the metastatic lesions in my liver were in both lobes. So there was no possibility of resection. Yeah. And, and one of those uh, lesions was also the size of a golf ball. Okay. So uh, the strategy at first was to shrink everything down. And because I was stage four, you know, they never planned for me to live really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think statistically speaking, I had 5% chance okay. to live that first, that first year, you know? Yeah. And um, at the time, I'm sure statistics have changed, but um, after that, he said, let's do a pretty intensive. Now, remember I'm young, right? So he threw it like really aggressive at me. Okay. And I did 35 days of radiation okay. every day with chemo every day. Wow. Yeah. So you had a okay. lot. Yeah. Medically. You, yeah. Yeah. And then you had surgery yes. also, correct? And then, yes. And then I had a rectal resection. Yep. Got it. And what's interesting about this, and I know because we talked a little bit before we started recording that, mm-hmm. uh, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Phoenix, which is where you're treating now. Shout out to the folks there. I know a lot of those folks. Uh, Reverend 100%. Jeff Paperon, the uh, head chaplain there, which is my buddy, yes. my, my friend. Well, same here, man. <laughs> <laughs> love same love here. him so much. Yes. Uh, but you didn't start out treating at CTCA. And, no. and the point that I'd like to make here is we often encourage and let people know first and foremost that for whatever reason, and there could be a lot of reasons, it could be just discomfort with the engagement with, with, with a doctor, with the environment, whatever, that people have a right to choose to treat somewhere else if they're not, you know, for whatever reason. And that was the case for you that CTCA became a second option for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you found your way through the doors there and, and talk a little bit about the power of choice and, and and feeling comfortable in saying, hey, this may not fit for me here. This may not be a good scenario. I think I'd like to pursue something else. And you did. So let's talk about the process psychologically of not feeling uh, beholding uh, to anyone but yourself at the end of the day because you have one life to live and you're making sure you're doing the things that, that matter to you and what's important to you. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because actually one of my kind of mantras now with people as, as a guy who's battling cancer at church, you know, I get a lot of opportunities to meet newly diagnosed people. I bet. And one of the first things I tell them is you're, you're going to want to seek a second opinion. Nobody advised me. I mean, I know that kind of thing exists, but I didn't know how to do it. Mm. And, and you're right. Even if, and I tell them this, even if the other doctor confirms what the first doctor said. Right. Exactly. Right. But you might also feel more connected and trusting of one doctor over another. Sure. You also might just the environment, like even our tour of CTCA, when we first did our second opinion was like, oh my gosh, I, I feel like at first, I feel like I'm at a hotel. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I feel like, I mean, somebody met me in the door and said, are you Mr. Bowers? You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. that doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, just the warm welcome we were given and a tour of the entire place. And this is, you know, just set the tone for, wow. And then I understood that CTCA was built on a model of the mother's standard of care. Yep. And, you know, people can say all kinds of things yep. until you experience it. Yep. And then you're like, yep, they got it. Yeah. They are really the epitome of mother's standard of care. And I would send my mother here, my wife, whoever. Uh, and I, you know, I'm kind of an advocate for people that I meet. Hey, one of your second opinions should be CTCA, <laughs> but you know, they got to choose. It's yeah. up to them. Right. Exactly. And, and, and their insurance, right? What the sure. insurance will let them go see. So. Yeah. 
and and the and just the big takeaway is you know uh, feel free to to get a second or third opinion. I've known patients who've done yeah. three, you know, have gone and gotten three different opinions. And to your yeah. point, even if it was nothing else to confirm what the first two opinions were, at the end of the day, make sure that you feel comfortable with where, whom, uh, and and what you are partnering yourself with uh, in terms of moving forward. Because what I've learned and what I believe is probably one of the crucial components of a fighting cancer is feeling that you have, that you're a partner invested with others who are partnering with you and that mm-hmm. you're not a number, you're not a, just another name, but there that, that there's value placed upon your humanity and that, that you matter to the process. And so uh, certainly appreciate the fact that you found your way at CTCA and uh, and God bless you in that yeah. regard. Reverend Percy, if I could just jump in for a minute yeah. on, 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 the, on the choice piece too. Sure. Um, there's a, there's a thing that I think is happening in our minds that's difficult through cancer too. And, and, and I haven't really talked about this with other cancer patients, so maybe I'm just a, a, a one-off in this, but I feel like, of course, cancer chose me. I didn't choose cancer. Ah. It's not something I, I signed up for. And so it becomes a time in your life where you feel like the choices are not really yours. You know, it's like, Mm. okay, this is the way, this is the way you fight it. This is the standard. So, you know, and and it's like you, you're, you're getting positioned to have to go through something tough without you sign up. And my, my wife used to, I used to struggle really badly when I, my surgery didn't go well. And I was stuck in a recliner for many, many months. And I, and I had already been dismissed from the military at that point. So my whole life was upside down. Like, what is my purpose anymore? Right, right, right. And she, and purpose is huge in finding uh, satisfaction in life. If you don't know what your God-given purpose is, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty challenging to, to thrive. Yep. You might be surviving, but are you thriving? Yep. Yep. With that being said, and I appreciate you sharing that thought, um, Today, my friend, what gives you hope? What keeps you hopeful? Even you're still actively treating. You you know you're not on the yeah. other side of completion of treatment, and you've had some, yeah. you know, you've had some tough hills to climb, and yet here you are, uh, declaring uh, all the things that you've stated. What continues to keep you hopeful at this point? Well, I'll tell you that being being asked to be the men's pastor, even in the midst of going through cancer, which they acknowledged and they said, you know, we understand it'll look like whatever that needs to look like for you Yeah, um, is when I felt like God gave me my purpose back and to see uh, the lives of men change. Cause that's my target areas is men growing yeah. and to see them, their lives change. And for them to get some aha moments uh, has been just given, given me a lot of hope that of, of course, God's not done with me. And I want to share one verse that, that he reminded me of this year before the year started. So I had taken a chemo holiday, right? They call it (laughs) (laughs) in the last part of last year. And it got extended because I was having some chest issues that had to be explored. And so I was off chemo for quite a, quite a few months longer than we had planned. And um, leading up to my first round of chemo at the beginning of the year, God knew ahead of time, it was mm. going to be really hard for me. Mm. And it was like one of the worst ones I'd ever been through. Yep. But before that, he kept reminding me of a verse in John 10, 10, that oftentimes I think in like church circles, we tend to quote the first half of the verse, yeah. but we don't quote the second half. Yeah. And Jesus is speaking there, right? And he says, the thief comes 
only to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm. And I would just, you know, for us with cancer, I would say the, the cancer comes only to steal, yeah. kill, and destroy. Yeah. Um, but there's a semicolon there because there's another thought. Yeah. And that is Jesus saying, I have come that they may have life mm. and have it to the full. Mm. And that's in the NIV. I learned it actually in the NLT this year um, that says to give you a rich and satisfying life. Mm. And, and I feel like my life is rich and satisfying. Um, but of course, I think he's never done uh, with us. And I think what he was trying to re remind me this year is like, okay, yeah, you might think it's rich and satisfying, but I want you to help you understand an even deeper yeah. sense of what it means. So that's my, my verse for the year. Okay. Um, I like it. I never used to be, I never used to be a guy like that. That's like, well, I have a word from God for the year. <laughs> yeah. I have a ver verse, but the last two years he's given me a, a couple. So well, I've been uh, really encouraged by that. Well, even with regard to just the journey and the path, you know, just the elongating of of kind of your spiritual engagement with God is also, he's he's speaking to you in new, different, enhanced ways, and that's and that's part of the journey yeah. as well. I, I'm grateful, man, and I'm I. I I think that there's more here for us to talk about, but we're out of time. Okay. And so what yep. I want to do, Brian, is that we're, we're going to end here, but we're, we're going to do another segment. But today you've heard uh, on this segment from uh, Brian Bowers, who as uh, was treated and died. Well, he was diagnosed in 2017 with stage four uh, colorectal cancer. And today he is still actively treating at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, he is doing well uh, by his own accounts. Uh, he is still fighting a good fight of faith, but he has found a purpose, a renewed purpose, even while in the midst of his journey. My friend, thank you. And again, we'll pick back up very soon. Uh, until that time, this is Pastor P. We'll talk to you another time. Bye. Listen in the future to Health, Hope, and Inspiration when Brian Bowers is back with us on the program. And I'll have some questions for Percy here in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America with City of Hope or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. A lot of inspiration today from that guest and his perspective, Percy, someone who could be sitting on the sidelines but refuses to do so. Absolutely. And again, uh, as stated, you know, he uh, once was in the Air Force and had been in the Air Force for many years as a young husband and, and father. And, you know, uh, cancer basically attempt to clip his wings, if yeah, you will, yeah. and, and diverted uh, that. And so he had to kind of uh, regroup and he did, and and he's now uh, um, the men's pastor at his local church, and he he thanks God for the privilege and the opportunity, and he feels blessed and honored that that this has given him a renewed sense of purpose, of being, and and I'm already sensing that there may be some that may listen and say, well, this man is just in denial. He's not he's not willing to admit <laughs> no. to you know what has taken no. place in then his life. Then you need to meet this guy. <laughs> Absolutely. He 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 has taken what has taken transpired in his life 
and he's allowed it to to basically renew his strength. And that's the reason why we read the scripture that we read uh, earlier with regard to Paul, who said, you know, I went to God three times about this thing and, you know, I'm still dealing with this. And that he said he had to learn how to understand that when he was weak, then he's strong because the power of Christ rests upon him. And I believe that this is true for Brian as well, is that uh, even though he has had tremendous uh, struggle with with his health and his wellness from a cancer perspective, uh, you know, he, he ultimately um, uh, left the military and then he found a renewed dynamic of I am now helping lead men in their spiritual growth and development as as someone did him for him at one point in time. And he felt and he feels that it is a calling and it's an honor and it's a privilege. And he's strengthened because of that. I'm so encouraged when you find these stories. And, and by the way, you don't have to look too hard to find stories like this, do you? They're everywhere. They, they are. This this gentleman was recommended to me by my dear friend, Reverend Jeff Paparone, who is the uh, the chaplain and manager of chaplains at the uh, Cancer Treatment Center of America in Phoenix, Arizona, and said, you've got to meet this guy. You've got to sit down and have a conversation with him. And and when I did, I understood why. I absolutely understood why he was full of uh, hope and faith and energy. He was very honest about his health care scenario, his struggles, uh, and where he had been. And yet, in still, he still feels and continues to believe uh, that God is using him and that his life has value and meaning and I think it's an important message for anyone that is listening today who may be in the midst of a journey of cancer, that just because you have cancer and just because you've had some negative trials and, and circumstances doesn't mean that your life does not have value to it and that God can't use you because he can and he will. Uh, and in this particular case, he is completely motivated around the idea that despite what is and has happened with him physically, uh, God has him uh, positioned to go forth and help men with their spiritual growth and development. And he counts that a real privilege and honor to do so. Yeah, and as you said earlier, it cannot be easy for him from what you described. Uh, it, It has to be a struggle at times, and yet God has enabled him to be positive about it. Absolutely. He 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 is still he made the decision that he's going to stay on the planet and to and to and to play, if you will, because you said it, it would be easy for him to get and sit on the curb of life and sit on the sideline and say, oh, woe is me. But he chose not to do that. His faith has been a huge driver with respect to that. And so as a result, he said, listen, coach, put me in. I want to play. And so he is on the field and he is doing his part and he is coaching and leading others to to live their best life spiritually, despite the fact that he has had challenges and circumstances. And he's still in the midst of treatment and care, even Mm -hmm. while he is uh, the the men's ministry leader at his local church. Percy, you know that with the tens of thousands of people who listen to this podcast, there are many listening right now who are searching and hoping that they can be that positive about the, the mm. news that they've received. Can we be bold? Can I ask you to pray for those listeners right now who maybe maybe this is a new diagnosis for them, or maybe yeah. they've been living with cancer for a while now and is still struggling to, to stay as positive and as um, outgoing as this man that we heard from here today. Would you pray for them? Absolutely. And so, Father God, we thank you today. We ask that for every ear that that has attuned to this message and to this broadcast and to this platform, 
that you would minister unto them directly and intimately with regard to their unique uh, circumstance, oh God, wherever they may be sitting, standing, or laying today. And we pray, Father, that you will give them renewed sense of purpose, renewed strength and energy, and a sense of understanding that you have a future for them, oh God, that you know the plans that you have for them and that no one else can interfere with those plans and that they can be energized and encouraged to believe that potentially the best is still yet to come in their life. And so we speak uh, health and wellness and recovery uh, right now where they are. We speak over their treatment plan. We pray for their doctors. Uh, we pray for everything that concerns them, their family and their loved ones, and that you are holding them in the hollow of their of your hand and in the bosom of your love today, mm -hmm. Father. Uh, enlarge them, increase them, and strengthen them to go further than they ever thought could. This we do pray in your dear name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor P. Now, for our encouragement, let's remind ourselves what the Apostle Paul overcame with God's help. And that word comes from 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Now this scripture really makes sense in lieu of the conversation, verse 7. Because of these surprisingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Verse 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Someone today needs to understand that God's grace is sufficient for you right now where you are and that his power is being made perfect in the midst of your weaknesses. And so the scripture says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Today, we call strength to you right wherever you are, and we continue to declare that God's perfect will is going to be executed in your life. Don't give up and don't give in, and potentially the best is still yet to come. God bless you. That's Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. And we all have something to do, Percy. Remind me, what is that? Listen, we've got work to do. We all do in our personal lives. And so continue to keep chopping the wood. God is not done with you yet. And we are standing and believing with you also. And so until the next time, continue to keep the faith. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. 
Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.